like I mentioned, Kendra created this brand to do good in this in the world. And she wanted to do good in a very optimistic and joyful way and also have an impact. Our main program that, again, she created early on is called Kendra Gives Back. And what is so unique about this program is that um, we support communities and people and the organizations they want to give back to. Welcome to the Glam and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Takara Suet, head of partnerships at Wavebreak. On this show, we talk with leaders of beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. We dive into their stories, lessons learned, and perspectives on how the industry is ever evolving. Subscribe and join us each week as we glam and grow. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call. Joining me today on Glam and Grow is Michelle Pearson, CMO of Kendra Scott. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to to talk to you about the brand, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and and what you were doing prior to joining Kendra Scott. Absolutely. I grew up in a big Italian family. My dad was a, a chemical engineer and r- ran a hedge fund and was super analytical. My mom was much more creative and the moment maker in our family. And I feel like I took both of those things that they taught me right, and, and brought that combination together. Um, I was a chemical engineer in school, but I took all my classes in psychology because I was like, I love the analytical side, but I was just obsessed with how people make the decisions that they make and why they make those decisions. And I think I always knew I wanted to be a marketer. I just like didn't really know what marketing was at that time. And then I did the same in business school. I got an MBA in marketing and a master's in engineering management because again, like I always saw those two things as the same and not necessarily as separate. I spent a good portion of my career doing marketing in the CPG world and marketing there really does leverage both things. Like you're running the full P&L and driving the business in addition to driving the top line and coming up with creative, really fun, purpose-driven brand uh, ideas. And then my last few years have been spent more in multi-unit retail, entrepreneurial type companies. I was at uh, press juicery. I was at um, Lifetime and joined Kendra Scott a little bit under a year ago. And it just has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's, so a, it's an incredible brand. brand. Yeah. I, I definitely want to hear more about it, but I'm a little bit curious about your background and how you've approached marketing as a whole, being in the industry for, like you said, about 20 years. How has the landscape changed and how have you been able to keep on the forefront of some of these changes? Mm-hmm. That's what's so, I mean, that's what's so fun about my world is it's constantly changing. And, and even as it changes, this is the slowest piece of change we'll ever experience, right? It's only going to get quicker from here. So that's the fun and exciting part. I think while things change all the time, there's a lot of fundamentals that remain the same. You know, we, we focus on the consumer and the customer and we let her lead the way. Um, and we're always, you know, 
we're always driving trends and being part of the cultural conversation, but it's very simple when you keep the consumer as your boss. Um, so that's a principle that's important um, to us and, and how things have evolved. I think the second piece for me is um, just always thinking about businesses and brands as a whole. My Our discussion that we were having that um, you know, marketing over time has been divided into many different functions, whether it's performance marketing or purpose-driven marketing or all the different levers and channels that we're supposed to know and think about. And to me, that makes it like way too complicated. All of those things should come together to build a brand and in our case in Kendra Scott to build a lifestyle brand. And we've just made marketing complicated over time. And I don't, I don't think all of that is necessary. We're ultimately building a brand and a purpose for the consumer. Yeah, definitely. I think it becomes complicated because there are so many different channels and departments and things of that nature. But I think that's what makes a brand really succeed is sort of bringing everything together in this holistic mm-hmm. approach to marketing. Um, and then just touching a little bit more on your background, I'm curious, you know, now moving into the lifestyle space, how working on, you know, different types of brands. Um, I think you were at Life Life Spa, Lifetime Fitness, Holiday Inn, like in all of these different categories and industries, how you sort of, what learnings you've brought from different industries as you approach a, a lifestyle brand. Um, what I what I love about lifestyle brands is that um, they're so emotional for consumers and consumers have amazing stories with the brand. We actually were just with a group of our gems who are college ambassadors. And when we asked them about Kendra Scott, that was the first thing they said is, I have a special memory of every piece of jewelry that I wear. Like I remember when my mom bought this for me or my boyfriend bought this for me on our you know second month anniversary. There's like a memory and a story attached to every product that they wear. And then they choose, you know, when they wear it. Like it's an important moment to wear it at that time. Um, and that's what I love about that's consistent. And what I love about all the lifestyle brands I've been on is that they're just, there's always an emotion and a story and a personal story linked to it. Um, and I had the same with Kendra Scott when my, even before I was connected to the brand, I bought my daughter to buy her first Elisa and we, she still remembers the the girl who helped her pick it out. And when she told her it was the trendy color and that that was the color to buy, it's like we still remember that experience together. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I, I do too. So for anyone listening who's not familiar with Kendra Scott, yes. which would be very rare, I just want to bring everyone up to speed. What Who is Kendra Scott? Tell me a little bit about how the brand started and, and how it sits today. Absolutely. We're um, a lifestyle jewelry brand and we have retail stores as well as we sell through e-com and in wholesale. Uh, Back to our original discussion, what's amazing about this is it, it has so many stories to it and started with Kendra's story. She started this brand in 2002 in her spare bedroom with only $500. And she she knew two things early on. One was that she had the opportunity to disrupt the jewelry category. She could bring different color, different unique products um, in a really beautiful and accessible way 
she also knew that she was not creating a jewelry company. She was creating a company to do good in the world. And literally 21 years later, you sit in a conference room with Kendra and she still has those principles. And that is still what is driving our success. We were talking about a new partner we're looking at. And Kendra said the other day, the only reason I would go into that partnership is because I could do even better in the world. Like this partner will help us scale to do even better things in the world. And that is what it has always been for her. Yeah, I love that. And I definitely, I definitely want to dive into the philanthropic aspect a little bit deeper. Um, but like you mentioned, you joined the brand a little under a year ago. So I'm curious when you join a new brand, which is extra exciting if it's a brand you actually genuinely love and, and are a customer of, what is your methodology when you join a new brand from a marketing perspective? What what do you implement as fast as you can? Mm-hmm. My methodology in the beginning is actually not from a marketing perspective. It's from a leadership perspective. I I have the most amazing team in the business. And so I spent my first month learning from them, asking questions, of course, developing relationships, because that trust is super important when you move into a holiday season that's really stressful and you have to move quickly. Um, but I really spent my time asking questions and and learning from them where the opportunities were. We have quite the blessing of having people who started with Kendra 20 plus years ago um, and pe- people who started with the brand six months ago. So we have a lot of just great perspective and thinking. I would say in the second 30 days of my transition, that's when I try to get a lot tighter to the consumer and have a sense, you know, we're a retail company. So we are direct to the consumer every day. We're in our, our team is in our stores constantly because that's where you get all those consumer insights. And then by the like last 30 days of my transition, that's when I feel like I can have a much clearer roadmap on, you know, here's the consumer who we're serving, here are the opportunities for us in the short term, and then here's the growth in the future. When I first started, we were just a couple months away from the holiday season, which is so important to us. So most of my transition was spent on on really thinking about what is the one idea we're going to stand behind for the holiday? How are we going to win and differentiate? And then how are we going to connect to the consumer in all sorts of ways? This is this is a brand that has national scale, yet we have 20,000 events across our stores every year. So we are always connecting with our communities, raising money for you know a local charity, doing a birthday party for a teenager. Like we're always having those one-on-one events. So um, that's what I spent my first couple of months on. I was just like, how is our holiday plan going to be amazing from the top to each specific store? This episode of Glam and Grow is sponsored by AdNabu, the only app you need for advertising your Shopify store. If you're looking for affordable ways to reach new customers, AdNabu could be the solution you're looking for. AdNabu offers the convenience of managing shopping ads across various online platforms like Google Shopping, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and more with a single app. What sets AdNabu apart? It's innovative AI technology. 
It optimizes your product listings to generate more sales for your store. Powered by the same language models fueling chat GPT, its AI tech generates the best strategy for each marketplace in real time, saving merchants the hassle of hiring experts and giving them more time to focus on growing their businesses. As a listener of Glam and Grow, you can enjoy an exclusive offer. Adnabu offers a 20% discount on all their paid plans with the code Glam and Grow 20. To learn more about how Adnabu can work for your brand and to learn more about this exclusive offer, visit www.adnabu.com slash Glam and Grow. Now back to this episode. Wow, that sounds like an incredible undertaking because there's just so so many different components to it. How do you compartmentalize that and and figure out where to to keep your focus? That's a really good question. Um, I would say, you know, I keep my focus on the consumer and making sure we're delivering, we're elevating the brand, and everything we're doing is consistent with the brand. And then delivering to it, you know, because that that's my role that I have this amazing brand that I am cherishing, but I'm also advancing it to to Kendra's initial principles. She got in this to do good in the world, but also to disrupt the category. She does not want us to stand still. Um, And then I have an amazing team who keeps, you know, bases the structure. They keep their focus in all the areas that need to keep moving. I have a regional marketing team who knows they have very specific goals to deliver, you know, event sales and give back to the community. I have an amazing brand and PR team that knows driving awareness and driving impressions is really key to them. So I think by having them all have the right metrics, the pieces all work together. You mentioned how important it is to build relationships and trust within your team. And I think that's so important, especially today. Um, I'm curious, like joining a, a such a prominent brand with such a, I imagine, like significant culture, do you ever feel like you, you're expected to sort of join their culture? Or do you feel like the, the beauty is like bringing some of your flair to it as well? How do, how do you uh, do yourself in a seamless way? Oh, that's great. I, I think, you know, I was the reason I, one of the reasons I got the offer is because they culture, we do not compromise on culture. Culture is the most important thing to us. So obviously we screen for, you know, having the right talent and employees who we think emulate our culture. So um, I think that's critical, but absolutely people look for the culture to evolve. So I have two women on my team, Cheryl and Denise, and they've been with Kendra from the start. And what is remarkable about them is they emulate the culture, but they're always open to new thinking. They they always look at yesterday and say, we could have done this better and we could have done that better and are like are always progressing things. So I think that helps those of us who are new feel like, yeah, absolutely. I have to maintain the culture, but if there's places I want to push on, um, if there's places I want to evolve, I can, I can be authentic and bring the type of leader that I am. But at the same time, I really, really honor the, the culture and the expertise of the people who have been here. So I, I think it has to be a balance for us. You know, I've brought different all hands meetings that we do together. I brought eight different functions together under one team instead of 
separate as they were prior. So I've been able to drive that change while loving and celebrating the culture that we have. I love that. Um, Is there anything that has surprised you since you've joined from a marketing perspective or just any data points that you were really surprised by? One, there's a couple of things that have surprised me from a marketing standpoint. When I interviewed with Kendra, she said, I asked her who the consumer was. And she said, we're for everybody because we're a multi-generational brand. Um, And I thought, well, I mean, that can't be entirely true. My very traditional General Mills training would say, you know, you pick a core consumer champion and that's who you stand for. You can't be for everybody. When you look at the data, it is shocking. We are truly a multi-generational brand. And like even in my own household, my mom is wearing an Elisa. It's a different one. It's white and has pearls on it. I'm wearing an Elisa and my daughter is wearing an Elisa. And at least based on my 12-year-old, we're all on trend. It's like we all don't look crazy that we would generally be wearing the same jewelry. And the data shows that too. Um, And I was like ready to dive into the data and say, no, 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 this is our core consumer. And it's not true. It is truly a multi-generational brand. Um, So that has surprised me. And I think the other thing that has surprised me is the uh, loyalty that consumers have to this brand. Everybody has a story and it's it's not a jewelry story. It's always a philanthropy story. Kendra did a book tour uh, about six or eight, yeah, about six or eight months ago. And at one of the book tours, I stood next to her. You know, she was signing books, and consumers are coming up, and I stood next to her. And every consumer has a story about, you know, you supported me at this. T- I had breast cancer, and you supported me and gifted me product. My, I'm on the PTA and I did an event at your store and we raised money. Every, I mean, the, the book tour goes on forever because everybody has a story that they want to tell her and she listens to it and engages, but it's wild. And same thing when I say to people what my role is, they can't help but tell me the story of how the brand helped them. And again, like Kendra told me this, but to really experience it is wild. Yeah. That must be so rewarding for her. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Talking about the pieces you mentioned, you know, your daughters of multiple ages and being a multi-generational brand, like these pieces are so universal, but I'm curious what, what's the bestseller? Is it still the same bestseller that is a product she originally launched with? Or I'm curious what, what that looks like. Yes, our bestseller. So Kendra started with super iconic shapes. Um, Color is a big deal. And I think most people would say Kendra Scott stands for color. It also stands for shape. Our Danielle earring and our Elisa are the iconic shapes from, I don't even know what date, but from the very early days. And those are still our most popular. Um, but, But people also look at us and are surprised at the breath that we have from Demi and fine jewelry to our Western brand and yellow rose to our men's brand and Scott brothers. So we have, we have quite a variety, but those, those legacy pieces bring people in. That's where they start with the brand. Yeah. I feel like she really disrupted the industry also from like a color standpoint, like you mentioned, I feel like people used to be very averse to color and it was just like these vibrant pops of color. 
Um, and it's awesome that that's still still what the brand stands for. Yeah, I think so too. And there there are continued places to that we can disrupt and bring color. She disrupted the experience too, and that's one of the things that post COVID has really positioned our e-com site and also our retail stores. We always thought about them as an experience, as a place to come in, make jewelry at the color bar, try on the jewelry. You couldn't do that at many stores. Um, my daughters still go in and are like, can I try on this earring? And I'm like, yeah, that that is literally what Kendra wanted, that you try on the anklet, you try on the earring, and it's not behind a case. You you like have a moment and enjoy it and get to experience it and obviously find the right product that's for you. Yeah. And the stores are so beautifully designed and, and you can find them in a lot of states and locations. So um, let's talk about being an omni-channel brand. Like you mentioned, you know, you have both retail locations, of course, and, and D2C. How do you think about marketing at a high level to ensure that you're growing across the entire business and, and the approach is seamless? Mm-hmm. Somebody said to me the other day that that unified commerce is the way to think about it because the consumer doesn't really think about channels. They think about one brand that they're transacting with or or having a relationship with. And I would say that's very much how we think about it, that the experience needs to come across in every touch point. We ex- a good example is we executed a campaign over Valentine's Day and we partnered with the Museum of Ice Cream. And I feel like in other brands I worked on, we would have done a partnership and done an execution maybe in a market that was super buzzy and that would have been the campaign. We wanted the campaign to look that way in every aspect. So the creative team actually shot the campaign and got all of our content on location at the Museum of Ice Cream. So all of their lifestyle photography was done there. Um, Then we did some events in our store. We have this smaller back room in our South Congress store. And the visual merch team transformed that to look like a Museum of Ice Cream. Like there was bananas hanging from the ceiling and chests of custom ice cream. It was crazy. Uh, We did events at their locations in Chicago and in Austin. And then because, again, Kendra created this brand to do good in the world, we did ice cream parties at some Title I schools and some key cities where we brought this custom Museum of Ice Cream, Kendra Scott, or Museum of Ice Cream, Kendra Scott ice cream. And so like everywhere the consumer went in Valentine's Day, in our stores, on the site, and all those different activations, we brought this partnership to life. And that um, that's the beauty of thinking like one brand and how you communicate. Um, speaking of partnerships, cause I feel like you, you, the brand does a great job of aligning with the right partners and really being on the forefront of, you know, trends and just appropriate partners for, for lack of a better word, but you just launched or you're about to launch your second Barbie collection or collaboration. Tell me how that came to be. And then I'd love to just hear your thoughts on the entire Barbie movement as a whole, as it's just. It, like there's all these jokes that you know the the Barbie team marketing team deserves a raise. I agree with that. Um, so tell me your thoughts on that and how the collaboration came to be. Oh, it's so fantastic! So we connected through one of our agencies a while ago, and we launched our first collaboration around six months ago. 
And this, so this was the second version of it. Uh, and it just, it's absolutely been fantastic. We, I mean, we knew the movie was coming out. So obviously that was part of the decision. But again, back to us being a very purpose-driven brand, we collaborate with brands that have similar values. And, you know, Kendra, one of the things I love about our culture is this team dreams big. We don't let budget timeline, anything get in the way. Well, that sounds fun. <laughs> it's, it's super. I mean, that's, you know, I think like to be an entrepreneur and create something from nothing, you have to have those big dreams despite any barriers. And we still have that today. And that idea of big dreams is so linked to Barbie, right? We all played with Barbies and she taught us that you can be and do anything. It's also a very philanthropic brand and that's important to us. So even before we looked at the movie launch and the fact that obviously that would be a key point of the cultural conversation, we needed to align on, on our values being the same. And then in our first collaboration, we we saw that it was very, that it resonated with our consumer she loved a lot of our icons that were like spun for Barbie. So our pink Elisa, you know, things that our consumer knows about us, but we customize our amazing product team customized to Barbie. And then the same, the same this time, we have a little charm that's her shoe. We have the Barbie logo. We have another version of the Elisa and those are the things that have done so well. And of course, so much of this is timing. Like you said, the Barbie team, just how they got this in the cultural conversation consistently, right? Like pink, I I heard the day, pink paint. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen like it everything. quite like this before. I don't think there's an industry that could that's appropriate to be aligned with that they missed. It's like, I have never seen a marketing campaign or initiative quite like this. It's and it's super elevated. I mean, that's what's important to us as you know, we're a more premium brand and um we want to be aligned with brands who are like that. So I think they they maintained what's so consistent and wonderful about their brand and partnered with so many different brands and types of brands, right? So many different categories. Yeah. I mean, from Airbnb to swoon, I mean, it just, it doesn't end. It's, it's incredible. I hope the movie does well. I know. <laughs> Not, we, we, we shall see. Um, I know. I how far in advance did you start this conversation around the movie? Just curious. We started it about 18 months ago because we had our first collaboration that we needed to prepare for, um, as well as this one. So we've been, we've been in conversations for a bit, as I'm sure they, they have been with many, many brands. Yeah, that's fun. So let's talk about philanthropy. Obviously, this is extremely important. I'm curious, like how you would express the brands, really the values behind the brand, what what they look like, and talk to me about the Kendra Scott Foundation. Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned, Kendra created this brand to do good in in the world. And she wanted to do good in a very optimistic and joyful way and also have an impact. Our main program that, again, she created early on is called Kendra Gives Back. And what is so unique about this program is that Um, we support communities and people and the organizations they want to give back to, which I just, I don't think there's a lot of brands out there where I can say 
my daughter has cerebral palsy, where I can say the Cerebral Palsy Foundation is important to me. I want to do an event in our stores, invite you know all my friends and invite my network. And Kendra Scott will give back 20% of the proceeds to that organization that's important to me. Um, I know this because I did an event before I joined the brand. Wow. Um, it's just, there aren't a lot of brands who will help me fundraise for things that are important to me. And that's most of the events that we do throughout the year to to touch our um, our customers and then to make a difference in our community. We also have a Kendra Cares, back to the optimism piece, we have a Kendra Cares, a Kendra Cares program that we do in hospitals across the country. We bring, it's like a complete party. We bring the color bar, we create jewelry for kids and hospitals. And it's, um, again, we give back and make an impact in a super joyful way. And then real recently, we started the foundation uh, because Kendra wanted to give back to women and children. And that's the mission that the Kendra Scott Foundation supports. Yeah, that's so incredible. I love what I love so much about the brand is that you are bringing these communities and these these initiatives to life in person. I feel like so many brands, it's very digitally focused. Um, and it's interesting because for so long, people were like, retail's dead. No. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think, you know, being in person and building a community in person has been so beneficial for, for the growth of the brand and just really building a strong brand identity? It's been so important. We say um, that our focus, we say two things about the retail store. One is that our focus is connection over transaction. That when a consumer and customer comes in, if you connect with them, Kendra has always said the transaction will come. Maybe then because you style them and they love that beautiful necklace stack. Maybe it comes later because they come back. Maybe it comes after that because they tell a friend. But if you connect, all of the rest will happen. We also have always looked at the retail stores like an event space, which um, when I when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, of course, but it's easier said than done to really yeah. mobilize a team to think about it that way. Uh, and our retail team is focused on this is an event space. I'm doing birthday parties. I'm doing shopping parties. I'm doing Kendrick is back events. We have this incredible regional marketing and uh, group that's across the country and they're marketing and philanthropic managers because their role is to raise money and give back to the community and market the brand to the community. So that's how we end up being able to execute that wonderful vision, but it is really important to be to be one on one. And I think post the pandemic, you either can say brick and mortar is dead, or it puts pressure on brick and mortar to be even more of an experience, not just to sell product because I can get product at any time of day online. I don't need to travel to a retail store to do that, but I do. I do want to travel for an experience. And in addition to those parties, you can engrave product. You can do the color bar. Like we were always set up to be an experience, and we're evolving it. We have to evolve it every day, but we were always set up that way. If you listen to this podcast, you likely know that Shopify is the go-to e-commerce platform, helping millions sell to billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing in person at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. With Shopify POS, you can take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. The best part? With Shopify POS, effortlessly unite your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash glam, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash glam to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash G-L-A-M. Now back to this episode. Yeah, it's so incredible, the the in-person experiences that you've built and, and continue to build. But obviously, digital is super important. So how do you bring that same energy per se to, to digital. And I'm curious in terms of channels, what's been most effective for you late, obviously threads just launched, um, yeah. how you quickly learn a new channel and, and stay on top of all the digital trends. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting thing is the, what the consumer is looking for in digital is not that different from retail. Like they're also looking for an experience. It has to be tech enabled, often, but they're also looking for an experience on e-com. So we do that first with our content. I mean, our content is so beautiful. And this is a this is an emotional purchase and an emotional category. Back to, you know, consumers have a story for each of these pieces. It's an emotional purchase. So our content is gorgeous. We have a lot of video on the website that really connects with consumers emotionally. Um, and we tell stories of the product. We tell Kendra's story where we can, because all of that connects with the consumer. There's also tech-enabled experiences that they're looking for, um, virtual try-on, things that are more customized to them. You can you can engrave and do our color bar experience online and really personalize things. So that's been really important for our e-commerce site. In terms of communicating to the consumer, we've been successful in channels where we can not just do a transaction, but deliver more of the brand story. So our um, our social team drives about a third of the traffic to our website because they make amazing, very you know, also product specific, but just amazing relevant content primarily on TikTok and Instagram that connect with the consumer and drive purchase and drive traffic to our website. So those channels have been wonderful for us. Yeah, of course. I'm curious in your role, um, how do you best manage your workflow and and staying on the the pulse of all of these like touch points? Are you on social all day long or are you really like leaning into your your team to understand what where things are and, and how you can constantly evolve and adapt? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Somebody told me early on in my marketing career, like, don't outsource your ears. Like, you can't have somebody else tell you what the consumer thinks or what the trends are. Um, Now, certainly everybody has different thoughts on trends. So we're all always talking and connecting about that. But 
um, I'm, I'm always looking at it myself as well. I, I look at every one of our comments daily on our social posts because that is where our consumer is often telling us what she thinks. Um, so I read those all the time. And then, you know, I'm a consumer of the brand and the category. So I spend a lot of time, probably too much time doing that. There's always something in my cart on the website. It's constant, but I'm adding things to my cart. But I I, I feel like I sh- need to be immersed in it as well as being very close to everyone on the team and where they see the trends. That being said, part of the magic of our social team is that they have a very clear understanding of the brand and they also have amazing empowerment to move as quickly as they need to move. So they are not looking for approval. They do not need to go to a, through a process. As soon as they see something, they jump on it because they also know what the brand stands for. So they make choices on what conversations we should be a part of and which ones we shouldn't. What does a typical day for you look like? And what is your best tip or trick for being as productive as possible? Uh, Oh, I love every one of my days. Um, So first of all, I have a pretty broad team. I run what's called the Brand X team here. And it's because it's many different functions. But what brings us all together is that we're all brand builders focused on the consumer experience. It's everything from the e-com team to customer care, to regional marketing, to digital owned and paid. So it's a pretty broad team. And that's what I love is just that diversity. I... I generally try to have a framework for myself that I spend a third of my time on the current business, driving holiday, determining what promotion we're doing this weekend, what experience we're doing in stores, a third of my time on the future. Even as we're planning for holiday, I I have a three to five year roadmap of what holidays will look like in the future, what collaborations we'll do in the future. So a third of my time on that. And then a third of my time on my on my team and my people and my talent, because um, so much of my role is encouraging and and coaching and reassuring people because I'm not in the details. I think I can say like, oh, my God, that's an incredible idea. Yes, do that. And that helps us prioritize and get excited about different things. So that doesn't work out every day, but that's generally my guidance for myself. Looking back on your career, is there anything you wish you had done differently in hindsight or have you ever made a mistake? Ah, that's a great question. I had, as I think about my time at General Mills, there were products that um, I was a part of and products that I launched that were mistakes. And often what I learned there was that just because there's a consumer insight doesn't mean that you can that you actually need to launch a product behind it. So when I was on Betty Crocker, we saw that moms loved um, to craft with their kids and and connect and sort of do like DIY crafts. And so we launched this product where she could make different crafted baked goods and she could make different shapes of cookies. And mom sort of was like, I liked, I, there's an insight there. I like to craft with my kids, but I don't need help with it. Like I, I have tons of options and the product completely flopped. So I have moments of that. I would say the mistakes 
um, or the learnings that have been most impactful to me are people ones, are people moments where I didn't get along with somebody or we we disagreed about something and I didn't build a relationship with them to be ready for those moments. Um, and that's why I started with, you know, as a leader, my, my role is to develop these relationships and build trust with my team, with my peers, with Kendra, who's the, you know, ultimate brand builder of this company, with Tom, who's our CEO. And I've had moments where I haven't done that well. And that just, as much as, you know, people say sometimes in business, like you're not here to make friends. I don't really buy that. Like I am here to build relationships and trust and get along with people and, and move the business forward. And I haven't always done that in, in my roles. I, I love how you're, you focus so much on the relationships and you mentioned like, yeah, it, it is difficult because you want to keep things like professional, but of course sure. it's much more comfortable to work in an environment where, where you are friendly with people, but of course, sometimes not too friendly. Um, but I'm curious in this age of, you know, remote work and, and losing the culture and things of that nature, how are you continuing to foster these relationships, combating some of those challenges of just post COVID life? Yes. We have we have a very flexible culture but also um we have a hybrid culture where we are in the office and we do connect you know on different days but call it generally Tuesday through Thursday. I was and am a huge proponent of remote. It um it provides amazing flexibility and there are moments where I love to work from home. The 30 seconds between meetings, I can change the laundry. I can take something out for dinner. I mean, it's completely game-changing that you're not in the car all the time commuting. But I also love every minute of my time in the office. And that might be a Kendra Scott-specific thing because my husband says to me, like, you loved remote before you worked at Kendra Scott. I'm like, I know. I just love being in the office and being with everyone. Um, but that is really, really important to us to build those relationships. And I, I know that because if I'm typically in Atlanta and I commute to Austin, and if I'm in Atlanta for two weeks instead of one... I can feel it. Like I, I feel a bit disconnected and I feel like my relationships aren't quite as strong and I know I need to get back in person and, and oh, connect so with again, my peers. So you commute weekly. I commute every other week, but you know, based on the schedule, I might be going to a conference. So I'm not in the office for two weeks. And it really does, it really does feel different to me. We have a lot of fun. We love to be together, this team. Um, and I love to laugh with people. And it just makes a difference being in person. Yeah. Um, and I also love remote, but I think there's yeah. a balance for both, and it's worked for us. Yeah, it's been challenging because obviously so many people moved and adapted during this time. But I think like the hybrid culture yes. environment is like ideal from that it standpoint. Is. You kind of get the best of both worlds. But I think it's been difficult for brands and and just industries as a whole to to bring people back into work. Yeah, yeah, and we I think I think we have a healthy balance. You know, we we have amazing talent. It's not a requirement that you're in the office on certain days and people come in because it's just so, it, first of all, it's a beautiful environment and it's a wonderful environment to be in. That's awesome. Uh, what advice would you give your younger self? I think back to the relationship piece. I, I at times let 
you know, being right and having a point of view overpower a relationship. When I am on the board for a nonprofit called the Institute of Mindful Leadership, and I started that because I went to a retreat and learned about mindfulness. And one of the mindfulness principles is um, have your opinion, but hold it lightly. And I've learned that now, but I didn't know that early on. Like at General Mills, it was like, you have to have a recommendation and a solution and a rationale and you should, you sh-. and that was what they trained us to do. And that's the right thing. But as I move up in organizations, I think it's more important, important for me to have an opinion, but also to hold it lightly so that anyone in the room can speak up so that I I don't feel stubborn in changing my opinion when I hear something that that should make me change my opinion. And I, I also like didn't know that early on. And I know the power of that now. Yeah. I love that. Uh, for my final question, what's next for yourself and Kendra Scott? Ah, well, what's next for me is the same, hopefully as what's next for Kendra Scott is growing this amazing brand. What's next for us is we're on a mission to be a global lifestyle brand. And that means new categories and new channels and new locations and new experiences for the consumer. And that, I mean, I don't think we'll ever get to that point. That's a big 10, 20 year vision. Um, and what's next for me is leading the brand in partnership with Kendra and Tom and, and going on that journey. Yeah. I love that. Just curious. Is there a particular market you're, you're focusing on? We, um, you know, we're in a lot of states at this point, so it's less market and more about different experiences and categories that we want to move into in the future. Or, or globally, I mean. Eventually, we're evaluating a lot of different markets, so we don't have that set yet. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll be sure to be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. For anyone listening who wants to find out more information on yourself and Kendra Scott, where can I direct them? For myself, obviously, LinkedIn um, and Kendra Scott, KendraScott.com. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to all future episodes. For show notes and resources mentioned, go to glamandgrow.co. This show is produced by Wavebreak. If you're an e-commerce marketing leader who wants to take your email and CRM program to the next level, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co. Thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Wavebreak. Most brands don't email right and it costs them. With ad costs getting more and more expensive, a world-class email and SMS program is essential. This is why Wavebreak exists. We're the premier email and SMS marketing agency that helps brands take their retention programs to the next level. If you want to learn more about partnering with us and how we can help, schedule a call with me today at wavebreak.co slash call.